There's something outside. What is that? Listeners, this is Gunnar Monson. Uh, along with me today is, as always, is my good friend Shane Corson. I am uh, one of your hosts of Monster X, and I am also the founder of the Sasquatch Coffee Company. You can check us out at www.squatchcoffee.com. Sasquatch Coffee, have you tried it yet? And uh, don't forget to uh, swing by the new Monster X website at www.monsterxradio.com. Um, you can sign up. We just had our second drawing for a really cool giveaway. It was actually a uh, limited edition print uh, done by our friend Wayne Barnes uh, that celebrates the 50th anniversary of the Patterson-Gimlin film, uh, which October 20th, I believe it is, the, will be 50 years since um, Roger Patterson and Bob Gimlin rode up uh, down on the the creek of uh, Bluff Creek there and, and had uh, what still stands as the most uh, outstanding piece of, of ed- evidence uh, for the creature known, that we look for and is known as Bigfoot. Shane, how are you today? Doing good, Gunner. Yeah, doing good. And, uh, yeah, speaking of, of, uh, of the 50th anniversary of the, the Pat- Patterson-Gimlin uh, film, I'll, I will be heading down to Willow Creek on Thursday, uh, along with a group of uh, guys uh, meeting, well, I'm going out with Derek Randalls and, and James Million, and of course, uh, we'll be meeting with uh, some of the Finding Bigfoot crew and Mark Catino, and uh, yeah, we're going to be doing some camping out there uh, for the event, uh, taking part in the, the festivities, which is not just the uh, the 50th anniversary of the Patterson film, but also the finale of Finding Bigfoot, so we're going to film there. And uh, so it should be fun. Now we're also going to get out and do some uh, do some hiking out in the area, some of those areas. Uh, some of the guys we're traveling with uh, were uh, are from that area, so they they got a few spots they'd like to check in and hike out to, and maybe even do some possible camping out there. So it should be should be a fun event all around. I bet you Willow Creek is just going to uh, quadruple in size, being a small town. Yeah, it's been a while since I was down there. I went down there uh, with the coffee at three, two, three years ago now. And, uh, they had a, they had Bigfoot days. They actually have a, a, uh, community event with a parade and, and vendors. And, and I actually, um, met Stephen Stroyford down there. You know, he has mm-hmm. Bigfoot books there in town. And, uh, we, it's, it was funny because this was all pre, you know, the whole SOA thing. And for people that don't know what SOA is, look it up. Uh, a gentleman who had a, a area that he was uh, researching, and um, there became a 
kind of a back and forth with a group that, to find this area, and they eventually did. Um, but uh, I had been there and had, you know, of course, Stephen was mm-hmm. after me to tell me to tell him where it was, and I, I never did break. <laughs> but uh, we did go and, uh, you know, Stephen's part of the Bluff Creek project, and uh, they relocated um, the the site of the Patterson Gimlin film, which had been kind of lost. So mm-hmm. um, we he he and uh, some other folks and I went down and and checked it out. It was cool. So. Um, Appreciate that, and yeah, this should be a big uh, event this coming weekend. I mean, it's kind of it's it's uh, it's interesting because you know finding Bigfoot is to me I uh, I get it. It's it, it's mostly first a, a piece of entertainment mm-hmm. wrapped around the Bigfoot research, and uh, it's it's gone on with this. They've done ten years or nine years, so nine seasons. Yeah. So so. Um, uh, you know, at some point it was going to come to an end. So they're doing the big finale, and what a perfect place, you know, to to center it on is is uh, uh, Willow Creek, which is not too far from Bluff Creek, the, the right. site of the Patterson Gimlin film. So, which to this day, people still debate whether or not that, you know, is a real piece of is an actual Bigfoot on film. I I tend to to the say yeah it is I mean what else uh, you got to remember the context too in 67 you know be- the best costumers did Planet of the Apes and if you compare that to what you see in the Patterson Gimlin film it just doesn't compare plus you you know the the context of the whole story having heard uh, Bob Gimlin share his account uh, on more than one occasion you know that it just he would. I, I can't believe in my heart of hearts that Bob would have had anything to do with a hoax. So, mm-hmm. um, if there was somebody in a in a costume uh, pulling a hoax that Bob's not, you know, privy to, they they were actually taking their life in their hands because they he and Roger had an agreement that that you know they would uh, shoot if if threatened, and who who knows how somebody's going to act when there's a giant. Uh, hairy beast in front of you. You know, he, there were he could have shot him. So I don't. Yeah. Know. There's a lot more to it than that, but of course. But uh, yeah. Anyways, we uh, looking forward to heading down there and uh, and uh, hope to to uh, bring back some uh, cool stories and reports uh, hanging out down there and being in that area. So uh, yeah, looking forward to that. Yeah, it has a long history of uh, parts. So, mm-hmm. well, our guest today is is Mr. Alex Summers. Um, Alex has been on the show before. As a as a kid, he had a an interesting Bigfoot experience, and um, we were chatting with him, and he was telling telling me about a, a encounter that he had up in the Prince of Wales Island up in Alaska um, in 2011. So, I'd like to bring Alex on and. and uh, Get this show started. Alex, hey, are you there? everybody, how you doing? I'm here. Hey, welcome to Monster X. Thank you. How are you today? Excellent. Yourself? I'm doing well, thank you. I have a little typical gray spring uh, day in Oregon. So, so Alex, for the for the 
Monstrex listeners that are not familiar with you, can you uh, give us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, I started on the Bigfoot Road back in 1978 when I was a kid. I saw an albino Bigfoot outside my window um, in Hood River, Oregon, when I was visiting my grandparents. And uh, that kind of started me on the whole trying not to find Bigfoot, but trying to just understand what, I don't know, trying to make peace in my mind with what it was. And that, that pretty much put me on the road of uh, trying to find out about Bigfoot. Um, in 2011, um, we were living on Prince of Wales Island, and uh, that's like Bigfoot Central. I mean, if you ever want to see one, all you have to do is go to Prince of Wales and stay there for a few weeks or something. And I, if you don't find one, I guarantee you, you'll find somebody who saw one recently. So, and that being said, um, so how long did you live on the uh, Prince of Wales Island? Yes, sir, I did. I was transferred there by the Salvation Army. I was a pastor uh, for them, and uh, they transferred me to the church in Kowak, the Salvation Army Church in Kowak. So I actually lived there from June of 2010 till June of 2012 when we got transferred to another uh, part of uh, the Salvation Army in Farmington, New Mexico. Well, that's it's. Uh... It's an interesting coincidence of, of you know, with your interest in Bigfoot that you get transferred to, to that area. So that's that's uh, pretty cool. So you had uh, an encounter when you were a kid, mm-hmm. and then um, what what uh, happened on Prince of Wales Island where you were living? There? Well, uh, we had encounters there regularly. Um, there was a one of the elders of their of the Clinkett tribe is, is a man named Al Jackson. Um, I do have permission to use his name from him, so um, I'll just say that uh, they call him Mr. Bigfoot. Um, he was actually fig, uh, featured in the uh, documentary film they did. I believe it was called Monsters and Mysteries in Alaska. Um, he was the elder that was interviewed by the the folks who was doing that. And uh, he took them around and he showed them different things that the Bigfoots do there on Prince of Wales, which are kind of, I don't know, you you guys have probably heard more than I have, but I know that uh, on Prince of Wales, the Bigfoot, what they do, what they've been observed by the the Clinkett, Haida, and other people who live on the island doing is taking trees, pulling them up by the roots, and then turning them upside down and shoving them into the ground to mark their territory with the roots facing straight up. And in that video, Al Jackson takes the man around and he shows them these trees. And the guy looked at him and he was like, there's no chain marks on them. There's no rope marks, nothing. So something, it looked like something literally took it and shoved it into the ground. So it was, it was kind of, kind of cool. Alex, Alex, why do you think, why do you think, you know, Prince of Wales Island is such a hotspot. Why is, there are a tremendous amount of reports that come out of there, uh, both now and historically. What what's going on there to make that such a hotspot? Well, there's two things actually. Um, number one, it's a rainforest. It's classified as a rainforest. 
Um, it's very lush. Um, it's got all kinds of life. There's bears on the island as well, deer, um, and other other uh, creatures as well. And uh, it, it actually has a wealth of like fish, of seafood, crabs, all kinds of stuff. Uh, berries. They've got like berries galore there. Uh, they have salmon berries. They have like all kinds of different uh, flora and fauna, like tree lichen and things which uh, Bigfoots could eat. And uh, for some reason, um, if you want, I can get into a legend that was told by one of their tribal members to me, if you want. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Sure. Go right ahead. And it, it, it definitely bears on what what Shane was talking about and what he'd asked me about. So um, there was a woman there who was a culture, what they call a culture bearer. In other words, she is she speaks Clinket fluently, and it's her job um, to make sure that the oral history of the Clinkets uh, are passed on. And what she said is she said that they believe that the Bigfoot, uh, a Bigfoot had actually led them to, to where they now live, and that uh, he's actually a part of their tribe, they say. And uh, they believe that he stays around because they believe, at least the folks I talked to you know, on Prince of Wales, um, believe that they are protectors of native people. And since the majority of the population there are native, um, that definitely is probably why they're there. But they believe that uh, the Bigfoots led them there to where they lived and uh, helped them to get established. So um, in in their clan names, uh, Bigfoot is actually mentioned as part of their clan since since he allegedly um, led them there back in whenever they first settled there. So that, that How, might be one reason why Bigfoot's around. I don't know. Yeah. It could just be the, the flora and fauna. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Did, 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 did she have a specific pronunciation or, or word for uh, what they call Bigfoot? I know they, they mentioned, you know, with the, the Tolinka, you know, the Kushi, the Kushtaka uh, is mentioned. Uh, some people say the Otter Man. Uh, yeah, the she have any... Otter Man in Clinket. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Land Otter Man, which uh, I haven't done some research on that. Actually, it's pretty much their word for Bigfoot or ape. Uh, um, uh, something that's pretty pretty interesting. It's their you know their particular word for for that, which is. Uh, mm-hmm. But did she mention? Did she mention? Uh, you know, what she pretended to be Sasquatch by you know by name. Did she have a specific name for it? Was it the Kushtika? Um. Yeah, the ones the folks on Prince of Wales did call it Kushtika. Um. I do know that some of the elders from the Clinket tribe who lived in Ketchikan uh, said that Kushtika was something else, but since I only really know the people in in Klawak and, and on Prince of Wales, um, I'll just go with what they said. But, yeah, they called him yeah. Kushtika. And uh, Haida, who lived in Haidaburg, called it Gagi. Basically means like, you know, wild man in, in Haida. In Clinket, it means land, daughter, man, Kushtika. Yeah, no, it's fascinating stuff. It's fascinating stuff. I mean, how, how uh, when you moved to Prince of Prince of Will Island, uh, I mean, 
how were you greeted as far as with, with the subject of Bigfoot? Was it pretty well known on the island right away? I mean, was it something you kind of searched out? Did it find you as far as the, the talk of it? Well, actually, here's here's an interesting thing. Um, we met the previous officers who the Salvation Army calls their pastors officers. I wasn't an officer. I was a lay pastor, so I would have been what they call an envoy. But we met with the captains who were there before us and who were leaving, and then we were coming in to take over. And when I first met them on the boat, he said to me, he said, they'll tell you a lot about Bigfoot, what they call Kushtaka, and he said they're very serious about that. So he said some people who've come here have made the mistake of making fun of that or making light of it, and he says that causes um, problems for them in the community because they take that very seriously. And, you know, I was like, I I thought that was very interesting because I hadn't said anything. I didn't speak about it. I didn't really even know the guy, but when I got in the van, he just right out with it. Mm -hmm. That is interesting. What was your, before you actually traveled to Prince Wales Island, I mean, were you aware of of that island's uh, history with with the subject of Sasquatch? No, sir. Not a clue. I knew absolutely nothing about it. Uh, we were notified fairly quickly that we were transferring there, and we tried to find out as much as we could about it, but as far as Bigfoot, I didn't know anything about it. Um, I might have actually passed on it if, if they had told me that, because <laughs> you know how I feel about Bigfoot. I'm not trying to find it. I'm not trying to see it again, any of that. Right, so, right, exactly, yeah. Uh, well, speaking of that, what about the, the natives there? How did... I you you told us uh, about the 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 uh, the woman um uh, and that she being the oral historian you know as far as it being one of their tribe are there natives there or people there on the island that consider uh, Sasquatch to be less than benevolent uh, be a little uh, a little more on the evil side maybe or they do they fear Sasquatch at all um I know they had some really scary reports of things that happened on the island. Um, To my understanding, most of the folks I talked to viewed it as like, you know, one of those uh, things that, you know, you just have to be careful about. Um, um, I would say there was some amount of fear about it, but not like you would uh, in, in people who didn't understand these creatures and who didn't really know anything about them. So, Probably more of a respect, that, you know, like you would a bear definitely right respect. But, mm-hmm. Yeah, and the lady actually sense. told me. Yeah, the lady actually told me that they're to be left alone and they're to be respected, is what she said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that kind of, that, that makes sense. Uh, you know, especially if you're uh, if you're aware of, of Sasquatch being around and and you're aware that they're real uh, and you've had mm-hmm. uh, your own experience with them, you're going to probably going to respect like you would anything else, uh, and so that makes a lot of sense. Um, now, you had uh, yourself an encounter on, 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 on the island. Uh, have you had more than one uh, encounter or uh, on, on the island? Um, I had two, actually. Um, one was at night. Uh, we have a friend who came over with us from Kenai, Alaska, and he stayed with us on the island for um, a while and then he moved out on his own but uh, he 
we I had dropped him off um, from his house, and uh, he'd been over at the church, and I saw Eyeshine directly across the road, and it was pretty high up, and uh, it was like a reflection of eyes. And when I went back there the next day, there was no branches, there was nothing. There there were trees, but there were no branches or anything for like say an animal to be sitting on and this was actually pretty high up in the air I'd say probably about seven feet in the air and I very clearly saw it and as soon as my headlights hit the hit it I saw eye shine and then the eyes literally you could see them turn and then something moved off quickly um can I say that was a Bigfoot def- definitively no I can't but I can mm-hmm. tell you that whatever it was it was extremely tall, and the bears on the island are not that tall. So, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and what else is what else have you experienced on the island itself? Well, uh, my brother and sister came up to visit me. Uh, my brother's from Wichita Falls, Texas, and my sister's from uh, Florida. And uh, she, he, and and her came up to visit us. And uh, they wanted to go see the island, so I'm like, cool. You know, it's daytime. I'm not really worried about anything because from what I had understood, Bigfoot were more nocturnal. But, um, you know, so we were going up to uh, – there's a road that leads to Thorn Bay, and uh, there's a fork in the road when you get there, and you can go right or left. And one is called North Island Road, and the other is called Thorn Bay Road. We went up North Island Road, and we drove about a mile and a half, roughly. And uh, my brother Morgan is diabetic, and he had to use the restroom. So I pulled over the van on something. It looked like a trail or possibly like a bike trail, like where they rode, like, four-wheelers or something. And uh, we we stopped there, and uh, he gets out, does his thing, and then he's like, Hey, Alex, come here. And I'm like, what? You know, because it's cold out and I don't really want to go outside if I don't have to. Um, So anyway, you know, then he points me out these footprints in the bank, in a snowbank, and I knew immediately what that was. Yep. (laughs) I've seen those footprints before. They were Mm -hmm. smaller than the one I saw. They were about... Uh, 16 inches long, and they were probably about three and a half inches wide and flat-footed. And uh, I knew exactly what that was. I wasn't, you know, in any way deceived about what that was or anything. Uh, We took pictures of it, but our stupid cell phones and the way we took it, um, they you really can't see the the footprints very well. Um, But uh, it was like you know, here I am in Bigfoot hell again, you know, and then, um, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there and all of a sudden trees start shaking, literally. I mean, back and forth, you know, something is shaking the tree. And then I smelled that God awful smell, that sulfur, rotten, decayed matter smell. And I knew exactly what that was. And I told Morgan and Tara, my brother and sister i said if you don't get in the van right now i'm leaving you i said i know exactly what that is and i don't want any friggin part of it and so you know um they were like okay fine 
but they wanted to stay and see it. And I told them I'd be happy to leave you and I'll take off. I said, I don't want to see it. I don't want to mess with that. You know how I feel about that. And so that was the other experience we had. And uh, something threw rocks at us as we were pulling out. Rocks were whizzing by the van. And I was sitting there thinking, man, bears sure don't throw rocks and, you know, whatever it was. And the other thing I was going to tell you, too, is I heard a grunt. You know, it was like a, ooh, like that, or like a, ooh, like that, kind of. Mm-hmm. It didn't sound like a bear at all. Um, and it sounded very threatening, and I felt like we should not be there. And so I managed to get them in the van, and I drove straight home. I was like, I'm not messing with this. I'm not taking y'all around the island. I'm done. <laughs> So, you know, uh, please understand that experience I had. I'm, I, I've heard you guys talking to other people, and they're like, well, yeah, I went right back in the forest. I'm not that dude, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I know Bigfoot's around, I avoid him like the plague. I do not have any curiosity about seeing one again. And, uh, you know, it was like that was my second experience. But, man, I've heard, like, probably 50 or so experiences uh, while I was there. And then even after I left, there's still experiences going on. Well, I'd, I'd love to hear about some of those. I was going to, uh, so with, with this encounter with uh, your brother and your sister, what were, what were their impressions uh, where, you know, they wanted to kind of around, stick around and see this, whatever was causing the ruckus, I suppose. But what were their impressions after you guys left? Uh, I mean, did they take it seriously? Were they afraid? Were, and what was going on in their minds? Um, my brother is, uh, he's a member of law enforcement. Uh, he works mm-hmm. for Wichita Falls, Texas, uh, the sheriff's department there. And uh, he he was more curious than anything. And, you know, it's kind of like, you know, I've, I've told people in the past is that, you know, it's easy to be curious when you haven't seen one of these things either outside your window or coming at you. And, you know, so I, I, he, he was very curious. Tara was nervous. You know, she was, she wanted to see it, but she was like, you know, only if I stand behind you guys or something, I'm like, you're not standing by behind me, girl. I said, <laughs> you'll be standing on your own. Cause I'll get in the van and I'll leave you. You know, so I was like, their their reactions were uh, interesting. Mm-hmm. So they, I mean, they were they were kind of curious about what and wanted to hopefully see something. And you had you were having wanted no part of that. Yeah, been there, no, done that. I did not. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, yeah. Wrote the book and, and I'm trying to go back. And there's, I mean, there's folks on both sides of the fence. That's always interesting is what people's reaction to. Um, having a sighting is some people, like you say, they they're uh, they're anxious. You know, they'll go back out to that area the next as soon as they can get out there. But but a lot of times people have are more uh, have more your response. Um, uh, it's you know, uh, in fact, our friend Corey had a sighting up in in uh, Canada. And he still can't, like, kind of reconcile why it freaks him out so much, you know. But this this is something that for most people is, is fantasy, is, you know, isn't even on uh, the radar of something that really even exists. They think that, you know, it's easy just to put it out of their mind. And 
and uh, <clears throat> you you I don't like to use terms like no you you have confirmation you saw one as to change uh-huh. I mean, so there's folks that you know and and your response to that was like okay I don't need to you know I don't need to pursue them I know they exist but it hasn't completely kept you out of out of the woods obviously you were in the woods there and had this other experience when you what when you uh, were sharing this encounter with me uh we were chatting back and forth you also mentioned something about chest beating was was there yes uh, definitely so there tell was us, chest tell us a little bit about going that. on um i heard some have you ever heard like have you, have you seen on tv like the great apes when they do that chest punch oh, yes. or chest yeah. uh thing it was doing that and it was like you know it 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 sounded like open-handed like it was like that is what it sounded like but it was like i don't know it it, it just it sounded exactly like when you when you see like apes doing that to show whatever you know that they're tough or they're trying to scare somebody off or whatever it, it sounded like yeah. that and uh yeah that 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 just that was i i mean i i was just uh, it was like you know <laughs> uh, <laughs> i don't want you all thinking i'm a coward because i'm not but i'm telling you those things scare the hell out of me and mm-hmm. i i'm not a terrified person i don't like shrink back from stuff i'm not like that but bigfoot scares the living hell out of me and you know i it is not something i'm trying to mess with so right. yeah, I heard chest thumping very definitely, and uh, I I don't know it was it was weird it was just absolute it was like otherworldly almost um, not in the sense of like ghosts and demons and that kind of stuff, but I mean you know it was like what are the chances that I who saw one as a kid would move to an island where Bigfoot hiding, sightings are are extremely common, you know and it was you- like you know. Sounds like a sounds like it's probably your worst nightmare. Uh, <laughs> pretty much, um, pretty yeah. Much. But you know, the the chest the chest flapping is interesting. Uh, uh, let me um, let me see real quick. I got let me play something real quick for you. Uh, let me see here. Hopefully this will work. I'm very interested in the chest flap. Anything like that? Sort of, but it sounded more like like uh, like a fist hitting flesh or a, a muscle or something. Yeah, um, I. Uh, it, it, but it was like it was about like. Uh, let me let me put my phone down and I'll I'll do what it did and I'll uh, I hope you guys can hear it. But let me let me see. Um, it was like this. It was like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that did you hear hearing, that? Hearing that, yeah, that, hearing that over that, it sounds a lot like what Shane played. Yeah. Well, what what, yeah, what I what I played, let me real quick. What I played was something I recorded up in the Olympics uh, a couple years ago, uh, and uh, it was in an area I was camping. I didn't hear it in person, but this occurred about two thirty in the morning, uh, and it, it occurred probably forty yards from my tent uh, because based on where my recorder sat and and what I how close I think this thing was to my recorder. Uh, and there's other recordings 
like that, and I'm very interested in chest slapping because you look at the chest slapping visually, or what I assume is chest slapping. I could be wrong easily, but what I assume is chest slapping, you look at it visually, it, it's uh, almost identical to what a gorilla does. Uh, you know, it'd be a, the signature. It's, it's uncanny. And uh, there's only a few things that do make noises like that out there. You know, uh, I've looked at everything from birds flapping its wings like an owl. I've looked at uh, grouse. You know, grouse make a thumping noise, but it's more like um, a sprinkler head. You go, you know, it's that kind of noise. Right. Uh, yeah, they, right. they generally don't do that at night either. Exactly. So, you know, I've, uh, no, I've they do not. It's, you know, a bear shaking its, uh, its, uh, you know, its uh, body, you know, slapping water around. I've looked at everything. So, the fact that you heard that, I, I think it's pretty interesting because I've heard it from others. Uh, um, I didn't mean to derail a conversation there, but just fascinating about the chest slap. I love hearing um, people that they claim to have heard that and, and their impression of it because that to me is uh, it's, it's pretty yeah, compelling. Yeah, it does not sound like any birds. I've heard uh, they have on the island, they have like uh, eagles, ravens, they have all kinds of stuff, and I've heard them fly, and it didn't sound anything like that. It sounded exactly like like I was watching a documentary on Animal Planet one time, and they were talking about the great apes, and uh, it was over in Africa, and uh, they were going out trying to find them. And when they came up, the silverback slapped his chest just like that, like what I just described to you, and that's mm-hmm. what the Bigfoots did. And uh, from the descriptions that I've heard, the Bigfoots out there are are pretty diverse actually some of them look almost ape-like from what i've been told and some of them look more like almost like a human face one man described it as strangely human but not and uh i don't know it's it's like on the island the the descriptions vary um some are like rust colored some are black um some are brown some are yeah some one man said he saw one that was silver-haired um, so as far as the Bigfoots out there, they're, they seem to be different looking in different parts of the island. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what about, you know, you mentioned earlier, you know, speaking of descriptions and stuff and, and, uh, activity and encounters, can you recollect, or is there any particular, uh, encounters that you heard from other individuals, uh, first person or whatever that stuck out yes. your mind, either description or yeah, please, please, uh, do share Mm-hmm. Um, there was an incident when I was there, I think it was in either late 2010 or um, early 2011, where they had a Bigfoot, and I talked to one of the men who saw it. Uh, they have a lumber mill right outside of Kowak, and it does like cedar. When you drive by it, you can smell the cedar uh, wood when they're cutting it and stuff and they pile it up and you can smell it and it smells really good. You know how cedar smells. And, uh, they had a Bigfoot actually walk right through the middle of where they were working and it let out that hideous scream, you know, and, you know, um, I don't want to be rude or anything, but on finding Bigfoot, Bobo does this particular howl that he does and that's kind of his (laughs) trademark. And, you know, I don't know, he calls it a moan howl or something out of Ohio or something, I think he said one time. Yeah. Um, But the Bigfoot that I heard and the Bigfoot that uh, they heard, it didn't sound like that at all. Um, It it didn't sound like the sounds that they make on Finding Bigfoot. Uh, Now, I I do want to say that I do love that show. Um, I did not like the producers 
because they came in 2010 to Prince of Wales, mm-hmm. and they did That's they right. did some they did. kind of yeah they did some kind of sneaky stuff on the island. They were offering to pay people to make up stories on camera that were just crazy and outlandish. And uh, I know some people were really upset about that because they were like, look, we take this seriously, and that's really stupid that they did that. You know, but as far well, as Matt, Renee, like a... Cliff, and Bobo, they're they're straight, and they were all on the level, and the people had tremendous respect for them. But as far as the producers, they didn't have any respect for them whatsoever. Well, and that was pretty early in the series. I, re- I-, I talked to, right. you know, uh, Matt Moneymaker at the end of the first season. The, the whole the whole uh, Bigfoot, uh, Matt, the cast nearly quit after the first season because of some of the issues with, with production. And I think they got, a, as they got, uh, uh, they knew that the show had some traction. I think that the, the cast members had more input into what, uh, how things were going to be portrayed. Because, yeah, that... Mm-hmm. Um, I remember that episode. They had a young man on there that had a had an encounter. I mean, and, and it really doesn't sound like it's necessary in that er- area to have to go out and solicit false reports or, you know. So, uh, well, those, it seems like those, there's plenty those, plenty of activity going on. So, yeah, yeah, and I, I just I wanted I wanted to say that because when I was on last time mm-hmm. and I talked about finding Bigfoot, I said something about it being garbage and. I, I was talking about the producers, not the cast. I have tremendous respect for Cliff, Bobo, Renee, and Matt Moneymaker. Um, but as far as their production crew at the time, um, they were not on the level. But I know they addressed that because I know in later episodes they even had a show on it where they did behind the scenes and they had told the guy that, you know, um, after Bobo had hurt himself in Florida or something from somebody making a fake thing and he jumped off the stairs and hurt himself he said that they'd all gotten together and made it you know look if you're going to do that we're going to walk you know we can't be doing that we're trying to do serious research so you know when i when i said that i should have explained myself and i i apologize to anyone i may have offended by saying that because i was really referring to their production crew at that time not the cast yeah they've gone through uh different producers and production crew and i know they had their uh initial uh, problems, you know, and like, um, like Gunner was saying, you know, he talked to Matt, I've talked to Cliff about it and whatnot, and, and those guys are, are serious about it. They know it's entertainment, uh, the show, you know, so mm-hmm. it's, it's got to be entertaining. Yeah, no, they do. Uh, it, was un- it was unfortunate that the producers thought they had to go that route when, in fact, uh, there's so much material, not just on Prince of Wales Island, but in many places, they don't really, uh, they just do a little bit more of their homework and a little, well, at the time, which they've now since done, that uh, right. this stuff's out there and they don't need to, uh, they don't need to pay people off or, or hope anything, but and, you know that was unfortunate. But I'm glad that that it was resolved and that uh, you know things went on. Um, you know, and, and I didn't and want to drag up know. any. I didn't want to drag up any dirty laundry or anything. I just wanted oh, to clarify fine. that. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. So you know, so with that, uh, with that encounter, you, you were talking about. Uh, any other um, encounters? Uh, any of your any any of your friends or anybody you were associated with Island have any uh, extraordinary encounters or any interesting encounters? One of the things that's very interesting is the Hollis uh, Road that leads from uh, Kowak to Hollis. It's very common for Bigfoot out there to throw rocks or sticks at cars that go by, um, and numerous people have commented on them doing that. And uh, one guy said he saw a juvenile in a tree 
of juvenile Bigfoot, and uh, uh, the one of the parents or whatever was on the bottom, and they were both pelting cars that went by with sticks and pine cones That's and just, rocks and stuff like that. That sounds like the delinquent juvenile Bigfoot. Well, his dad was doing it too. They said they saw the parent, and <laughs> the, the, the dad was doing it too. You know, that's interesting. So, is what they, I mean, what is their uh, purpose of doing that? I think on that Finding Bigfoot episode in Prince uh, Prince of Wales Island, I think one of the reports that they they uh, investigated was a Bigfoot in a tree by by one of the locals there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I, but yeah, this this one that I I was told about was definitely a juvenile. But right underneath the tree, um, where it was up in the the branches at, was a, a larger male Sasquatch, and they said that they were both pelting their car with sticks and stuff like that. And one of the things I've noticed that people have said about the Bigfoot there is that they're very territorial that if you come onto the areas where they're at, they will quickly escort you out of there. And if you don't leave, they can get aggressive is what I was told. Mm -hmm. Well, speaking of that, speaking of that, you know, these territorial locations and spots, you know, on Prince of Edward Island, what are those uh, spots, those locations? I mean, do people avoid them? Uh, And and if so or not, so, I mean, where where on the island, you know, are, are these Sasquatch, I mean, believed to be really residing in? Um, there's a large population of them down near Heidelberg. Um, there's also a large population of them near the Harris River area. There's a little campground and a little area near the Harris River. Um, there's that Hollis Road, which leads to the Inner Island Ferry, where people take to go to Ketchikan and whatnot. Um, um, out there, there is rather a large amount of Bigfoot um, that people have sighted in that area. Um, the other one is the area where I saw my, or where I, I saw the footprint and where we had the chest beating and the, the growl and all that, um, that area, um, Al Jackson, uh, the elder, uh, he, after much cajoling and, and, you know, um, encouraging would be a better word. Um, he got me to go back out there. And when we went to the area, he was like, I can still hear him. He's like, yeah, brother. You know, he was like, yes, there's a family of them that live out here, and they are very territorial. And if you come out here, they will be rough with you. He says, we don't come out here. We know that. We don't come out here. He says, and I believe you. I can still hear him saying that. And I was like, yeah. And so we we left out of there. He didn't really want to stay around. So I was like, I'm I'm cool with that. I don't either. Let's go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> with your with your uh, encounter uh, with your brother and your sister on the island, did you uh, get that smell again? You know that rotten smell. Yeah, I did. Yeah, and you, you that's, described it. That's actually that's actually what uh, it smelled like: sulfur or rotten eggs mixed with, like, decayed matter or dead animals or something. I don't know. And uh, it it almost smelled like, have you ever heard, like, when, or smelled like when somebody peels out with the tire, you know, yeah. the burnt rubber smell? It kind of smelled a little bit like that. 
and mm-hmm. uh, mixed with like dead animal or you know sulfur or something like that, and uh, it, it was really nasty. And yeah, as soon as I smelled that, I knew all of what that was about because I smelled the same thing in Hood River. Yeah, and that's that's also interesting uh, and something that gorillas do. Uh, I've, I've said this on the show before. I was uh, I, I go to the zoo on a regular basis, where it's Portland Zoo, when San Diego, I go to the San Diego Zoo. And I had opportunity one time or twice now to smell a male silverback gorilla uh, <laughs> from a distance. I could smell it. And what you just said about the uh, peeling out of a tire and that smell, that rubber kind of burnt rubber smell, that's exactly what the silverback gorilla smelled like. Kind of a, It was kind of an eggy uh, smell, but it was definitely like that burnt exactly. rubber. It, it smelled kind of feelish. It was, it was pretty nasty. And it was, uh, I could smell this yeah. uh, 30, 40 feet away. And I, didn't, I didn't, never even saw the male gorilla uh, What what I was alerted to was somebody working there and said, Hey, do you smell that? I said, yeah. And one of the, the zookeepers said, yeah, that's the male silverback. And I went, wow, I don't see him. I'm going to tuck around the corner, but uh, it just shows you the, and it wasn't a windy day. That male was just that pungent and potent uh, that it, it lingered it around. Is. So yeah, it makes so, you gag. Mm-hmm. Yeah, indeed. So that, that's a, that's a, that's intriguing. You have the smell. You know, a lot of people think, uh, you know, with Bigfoot, that it is just something excreted from either glands, so maybe it's a, a fearful thing, you know, or it's a, um, a sort of a female attraction thing, a, you know, attractant. Uh, no one's really sure. Uh, but it is interesting that people do report that, though most reports don't report that. And I think that's actually important because I think, um, I don't think every Sasquatch walking through the woods is you're going to smell that every time. I think it's more of a, personally, I think it's more of a, something they excrete in times of fear or anger or what have you, rather than just walk around stinking all the time. Not that uh, I would imagine they're not the, you know, they're like any other animal or thing in the woods, but that's the They have smell. hygiene issues. Yeah. You can say yeah, yeah. They have hygiene issues. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, especially when Prince of Wales, when it gets all, uh, the people say that they stink really bad, um, like B.O. bad, not like, you know, rubber tires or whatever. Um, they stink like B.O. really bad when it gets, like, really humid and hot, like in the summertime. They mm-hmm. said they can sure. actually smell them before they see them because of the B.O. And that's an interesting aspect. I mean, we could debate what, what the – but that is an aspect. Not everybody that has a Bigfoot encounter um, reports smelling anything. So, I mean, I don't know if they, you know – like say, I don't know if they do it to as a defense mechanism, like or an attraction, or I, right. you know. And um, it's interesting don't because know. there being there being three of you in uh, your encounter on Prince Wales or Prince of mm-hmm. Island, Wales Island, mm-hmm. um, and and the two people with you did not have the fear response, but you did. So I have a feeling that it's not. I mean, that kind of would indicate it, that it doesn't necessarily uh, cause a fear response, the, that the smell, I almost, that it was a pheromone, a pheromone to right. scare off other, uh, scare off predators or whatever. Plus, I think we're talking about the largest predator in the, the forest, you know, the, uh, a Bigfoot would be the at the top of the, the food chain in the forest. Um Sure, he I almost think it taps into. Yeah, I agree. Go ahead. I agree, and that's a very good point. I apologize. I didn't mean to interrupt you. 
No, go ahead. Okay. Um, one of the things I was wondering if maybe that's like a throwback to earlier times where, you know, uh, people have that fear response because the in, in school they said that um, our early ancestors survived because they developed like uh, senses, not like psychic or any of that kind of stuff, but like uh, they would watch survival very carefully. Yeah. yeah observe their, yeah. exactly observe their environment, you know, to make sure there wasn't something dangerous around. And some people think that it might be a throwback to that, you know, that it, it, to, it, it causes us to become like in fight or flight mode kind of thing. And, uh, not everybody experiences that, but, um, most of the people I've known or I've talked to who I believe really did see a Bigfoot, um, usually talk about it being very terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, not everybody. A lot. Of, some people say it's like, you know, they just knew they weren't supposed to be there. They left, and, you know, that was that. And I, but, yeah. Yeah. I, I had an interesting experience with a buddy of mine, and we're out in our research area, and we had a very weird thing happening. And uh, I'd never seen him be really that nervous uh, prior to this incident. And and the weird thing is my response was very much curiosity because I, I did not feel threatened, you know. But um, And I don't, I don't know if I just don't have a – I think some people have a more developed, heightened sense of, of self-preservation in the woods. You know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a hunter. I haven't uh, – uh, I don't have that skill set. And – this gentleman Gunner, really does. So. Yeah. Gunner, you're called, you're called bait. bait. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, have, I, have, I am the bait. So, uh, and that's, I think, why they keep me around in the Tillamook Forest Group. So, um, but it is, you it are is, so it is lucky. people have to, yeah, <laughs> so lucky, yes. But I mean, it isn't, I, no, I, mean, I have not. Living in Oregon, and living yeah, in Oregon yeah. is what I mean. You're, you're really, yeah. you're really fortunate. <laughs> I grew up there, man, and I loved it. I did. I thought yeah. Oregon was like the coolest place ever. Garibaldi, Seaside, Astoria, yeah. all that. that That's like my old stomping grounds. <laughs> so um, on, the, on back to the uprooted trees that you talked about, that that's fairly mm-hmm. common knowledge on the island. That, that Oh, it is? Um, really? Yeah. No, yeah. I, isn't it? I've on, never heard that Prince, before. Oh, I thought it was pretty common knowledge on Prince of Wales Island, that that, that happened. Oh, I thought you were talking and, about outside of POW, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> on on and, Prince of Wales, it's definitely very common knowledge. Um, I, I thought you were saying that people were reporting that outside of that area, and I was like, wow, I'd never heard that before. No, no. But, yeah. you know, no. that's cool. Sorry, I misunderstood. Yeah. That's okay. And, and um, did you have an opportunity to see trees like that? Didn't you say that you had... Uh, seen the trees uprooted and and yeah, and what was your impression? Again, there was no marks on them. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, if we were trying to lift them as humans, uh, we'd need like straps, we'd need ropes, we'd need you know uh, pulleys and levers and whatnot to lift them up. I didn't see anything like that. I didn't see you know any of that whatsoever. Yeah, it's and, a pretty pretty hotly debated subject those trees you know over the years uh people claiming you know it had to be a piece of machinery 
uh, this, that, you know, uh, I, I don't really have an opinion because I've never seen him in person. I can only go off of, of uh, people like yourself, uh, Alex, uh, that uh, have seen him. Uh, so it's, it's interesting. Um, but, uh, you know, you're, you know, you haven't seen him, your opinion, I and mean, what's, what's your personal opinion? You think Sasquatch has got something to do with that or could it be possibly another explanation? I definitely think it's Sasquatch because the areas where those trees are, are areas where they're told not to go by the elders, um, that that's like a border marker. And those areas, if people do go in there, um, they immediately get chased out aggressively Mm -hmm. is what I was told. So um, I do, and some of the people who told me the stories about what had happened when they had violated those boundaries, um, Mm -hmm. those people were terrified. Those people were absolutely terrified. One man, when he told me, his eyes almost popped out of his head when he was talking about it, and he had veins on his forehead popping out. Whatever this guy saw, he believed he saw it, and, you know, he was definitely serious about it, you know. So, yeah, the areas where those things are is where there's a lot of reported sightings and uh, of different Bigfoot, and, the, you know, the folks there in, in uh, Prince of Wales know not to go near those areas because mm-hmm. of that. So, yeah, they definitely believe that, and I believe them. Mm-hmm. What's, the, what's the general consensus on the island as far as if Sasquatch is, uh, is do, do you most believe it's nocturnal or uh, or a little bit of both, or what's the general opinion? Both. Both. Because yeah. my, my, my sighting was a daytime sighting. Um, it was like 10 a.m. in the morning. So um, now my earlier sighting in Hood River, as I've told you before, was 1.30 a.m., and uh, it was nocturnal. But um, the Bigfoots there will come out during the day and night. They're very, in in a sense, they basically are not afraid of anything. And so I don't think that they necessarily feel the need to hide themselves. And, you know, if you come into where they consider to be their territory, they will, you know, like I said, escort you out quickly. Mm-hmm. And then what about, uh, you know, the island's obviously on a lot of natural resources. What's the consensus or your opinion on, on, on Sasquatch uh, hunting deer or, or other uh, animals like that? Uh, are there reports like that on the island? Absolutely. Uh, they've had uh, reports of people shooting deer and Bigfoot coming out and grabbing the deer and, you know, giving them the, the look, you know, like, hey, buddy, this is mine and my people. You come out here again, you're going to get it, you know, kind of look. Mm-hmm. And uh, they've had also reports of them, uh, you know, uh, grabbing people's, like, provisions and stuff like that. If you if they like hang out salmon or deer or any of that to dry in their smokehouses, uh, mm-hmm. there's been reports of Bigfoot breaking into them and grabbing the the stuff and taking it. And, yeah, uh, and that's a yeah, that's another common uh, reported trait uh, historically uh, of uh, you know uh, in Oregon, the Nahalem uh, tribe uh, along the Nahalem River reported. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, they would hang their fish, you know, um, salmon and, and steelhead, and, and <laughs> Sasquatch would take off with it. Uh, and it was, you know, that was a pretty common occurrence, uh, apparently, among the tribe. <clears throat> Pardon me. But, uh, yeah, so that's another uh, common thing that Prince of Wales Island, as far as the uh, su- supposed Sasquatch behavior shares with 
the mainland of both the, uh, Canada and you know Alaska, United States uh, along the coast. That's a pretty common trait. So what you've described today is pretty interesting to me uh, based on what you've experienced. It sounds very similar to uh, some of the reports I've heard, uh, some of the things I've recorded. Uh, so it's it's pretty fascinating stuff. You know, we're we're down to uh, our last couple of minutes here, Alex. Uh, anything else you'd like to share or uh, discuss on on the, the the subject of Sasquatch? Um, I, I would just like to say that uh, I agree with Gunner that it is a terrestrial creature, and I definitely, you know, I respect the folks who believe that it's a spirit being and all that because I know there are people on mm-hmm. Prince of Wales Island who I'm dear friends with, and they do very much believe that there are mystical parts of the Sasquatch as well. Um, mm-hmm. Myself, I'm more scientific-minded, and I believe it's like a biological creature, like either a you know some type of human relative, near human relative, or some type of primate. Um, so I, I don't necessarily believe that it's like a UFO or a psychic Bigfoot or any of that kind of stuff. Um, but when you. I lived on Prince, <laughs> right, right, uh, I get a lot of guff on online because people tell me you know well you need to be more open minded, and I'm like, no, I know what I saw. It, it wasn't a ghost. It didn't, you know, like float off and do what whatever they do. It, it walked away. It left tracks. It left hair. You know, uh, last I heard, ghosts don't do that. But maybe I'm crazy. Maybe ghosts do leave tracks and hair, and I just wasn't aware of it. Who knows? Yeah, no. No, and it's interesting because I posted this week on, on my Facebook page uh, about, you know, what my perspective is is and and that's mm-hmm. and I, and I am I respect other people coming at the the mystery you know from whatever perspective they need to uh to explain stuff that's happened to them uh, I just right. think that we're dealing with you know like like you said I I think we're dealing with a terrestrial an animal I mean I don't think that it right. you know pilots you comes here in UFOs or and but if somebody wants to go from that perspective that's fine we're just not gonna you know we're just not gonna uh agree on 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 that so well alex we really appreciate you uh, joining us today and sharing your uh experience up there in the prince prince of wales island um and it's cool because you got to spend you know not not that you wanted to be in uh have anything to do with bigfoot but that you got to s- stay in an area for a couple years that uh that has a high uh history of Bigfoot activity. So we thank you for joining us today on Monster X. All right. Thank you both. Have a good night. Hey, thanks, Alex. All right. Bye. Bye. So, I mean, I I, I don't know about you, Shane, but I, I mean, I'm um, – it's an interesting uh, different perspective that, that Alex brings. You know, his having had an uh, encounter as a kid – and then having living in, as he described, you know, uh, Bigfoot Central. I mean, it is, uh, well, and have something else interesting happen. Yeah, two things on that, or at least one thing on that. He he's lived in two of the hottest spots. <laughs> I mean, Hood River right. is uh, that yeah. whole area is is got a historic history all to itself. And then he goes to Prince of Wales Island, which is another unique and extraordinary area with a long history. Pretty pretty uh, interesting and a lucky guy. Yes. So, 
Um, we are up against the clock, and so we were going to check out for this week, and uh, we'll have an a exciting episode next week as we invite, sit down with Todd Disatel, um for uh, a new Monster X Radio. I know that Shane is, uh, will be on the road uh, at Willow Creek, so um, I look forward to uh, speaking with you next week. So for mm-hmm. Shane Corson and Gunnar Monson and the rest of the Monster X team, we uh, look forward to talking to you next week. Have a great week, everybody. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.